everyone it is monday morning it's not raining outside yet uh they're telling us that uh, maybe it's supposed to rain i hope that it rains at some point here today it'd sure be helpful to the grass and all but uh it uh not yet and i'm, I'm grateful because i'm going to try to go get a walk in here this morning before uh, before the uh fort rains and I need to get that exercise really, really gotten away from myself here of late and uh, need to get back to some exercise. So uh, maybe you can do the same. Get out there and go for a walk, at least walk the footbridge, get a little movement going. Movement is good for us. And uh, so I encourage you, if you're able to get out and walk the hallway, uh, that's a shout out to somebody or able to uh, uh, get out and uh, walk the footbridge or something like that. Uh, be a good thing to do. 
So uh, we are going to go into Matthew chapter 5 today, uh, just kind of some of the in, inverted values that the the Christian life brings as compared to the uh, the world's values. And I was thinking about the Beatitudes and thinking about if these were stated uh, in the vernacular of the world or according to the world's values, uh, what might those Beatitudes look like? I mean, this is the very beginning of Jesus' teaching ministry where he talks about the Beatitudes and so I'm going to take us through those, and then we're going to go back and look at what might be a, an inverted version of that, what the world might say. And, I mean, Jesus is saying, this is if you want to be blessed, happy, uh, these are the ways that you will live. So let me get us right over and in, into this. This is called Disciple Talk. We're not currently studying through a book of the Bible, just kind of taking a little hiatus from that. Uh, just to talk about what it means to live as a disciple and uh, uh, various conversations on various aspects of, of living as a disciple. And uh, so that that's what we're doing today. I'm going to jump into Matthew chapter 5. And here it is. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, we'll go back and look at this in the message paraphrase here in just a moment, but just to note the word, here is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine times that Jesus says, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. I lost count, but nine different times. And so a person would be asking themselves the question, well, if Jesus said, uh, blessed are you, um, then we'd want to know, well, what? how do we do that? How do we get blessed? What's it require? When you look at some of what is in these verses and realize some of the suffering aspects of it, some of the quieter aspects of it, uh, it, it is maybe a far cry different type of approach than sometimes you might be led to believe. We want to make the church feel all energetic. Uh, we want to make you know uh, uh, the Christian life be all energetic, but Sometimes there is great introspection that it is the greater part of the Christian experience. Uh, sometimes there is hungering and thirsting. Sometimes there is giving mercy to those you'd rather not be mer to whom you'd rather not be merciful. Uh, sometimes we'd rather not have peace. Sometimes we'd rather stir up the the, the, the trouble. Uh, sometimes, and I don't know about you, I don't like the thought 
of being persecuted. I, I, I frankly just do, do not like it at all whatsoever because of what I believe and because of my faith. And yet, Jesus says in these verses that, that you will suffer persecution. Now, let me uh, take us over and look at the message paraphrase here and just see what Eugene Peterson does with this. Now, they were, they were on the mountain, it says, and he taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one who is truly most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you will find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. And you can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. All heaven applauds and know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Well, that's Eugene Peterson speaking on this issue. And and I, I like I mean, he, he does bring out some flavoring for certain. And uh, I'm looking down at, uh, at verse 3. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Uh, with less of you there is more of God and his rule. Sometimes we just feel like we're at the end of our rope. Oftentimes what we like to do is, is feel like, well, hey, I've got it all wrapped up. I've got this under control. I can handle this. Um, when all along God's saying, would you let me? Can I handle it? Can we work together on this? And uh, we, we have been taught to think to be independent. We've been taught to think that we need to be self-reliant when really what we need to be is interdependent upon God and the body of Christ and not self-reliant, but God-reliant, a different way of thinking, a different paradigm uh, of thought. Um, let me put this over into the New Living Translation to see uh, what it might say. I do see some of the questions in the comments there. 
God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of God is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The Beatitudes. Now, one of the things that I realize as I look at this, uh, and I, I, I'm kind of tweaked in spirit today, because uh, there's there's much busyness, there's there's much uh, there's heaviness of heart just in the burdens of uh, pastoral ministry at times when the burdens that people carry and and whatnot and uh, uh, and the need of soul for me and I would suggest maybe the need of soul for you is well not how do I press on accomplish more and knock more things out of the park, but how do I press in, press into God, press into coming near to God, press in uh, calling out to God, press in knowing God better. That's that's the disciple life. That, that, that is living as a disciple, realizing that, as John said, he must increase, I must decrease, uh, realizing that, that God is wanting to live, Christ is wanting to live in me, realizing that, that my, my restless heart is something that I need to bring, uh, bring to God, and, 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 and you as well. I mean, I'm not just speaking of myself, but, but the things in your own heart that, that leave you restless and leave you maybe struggling. It's an invitation from God to draw near to him. Uh, I, I find it so easy to be about the busy work. I, I find it so easy to uh, look at, uh, you know, what's next on the schedule. Uh, I look at I look at it as easy to uh, think about what do I need to accomplish. But but here's the here's the reality. The reality is to live the Christian life is to think, how do I draw close to God? Not, so that God isn't a, an afterthought, so that God isn't a uh, just in the nick of time, oh, I need you, God, kind of God, but but a, a God who, who, who we experience, a God uh, that we draw, whom we draw near to. Uh, the, the God whom we cry out to, the the God whom we walk with and whose presence we practice. Now, the poor. The question was asked, who are the poor in spirit? Well, let, let, me, uh, let me read to you uh, an inverted reality, an inverted version of, of this or a, a response, if you will, to... Uh, to the Beatitudes, maybe stated in a worldly form, 
Blessed are the self-confident because they rule the world. Well, this person takes the self-confidence as being uh, the opposite of poor spirit. Now, poor spirit is just the idea of, you know, I, I need God. Uh, poor spirit isn't, well, I am all that, but poor spirit uh, poor spirit is, is a dependency upon God. Blessed are the positive thinkers because they don't need anybody's comfort. And and that, unfortunately, is one of the weaknesses of some of our Christian teaching in our day. So often it's just positive vibe stuff uh, and doesn't press into the struggle, doesn't press into the suffering. Just overcome it. Well, friends, sometimes in the midst of the struggle, sometimes in the midst of the poor spirit, God will meet you more deeply than if everything is going along in your opinion swimmingly well. So, um, so don't be self-confident. Be God-confident, God-reliant. Blessed are the positive thinkers. Uh, someone saying poor spirit, total depravity, maybe. Well, I mean, no, it's an awareness of the need. Uh that, look, I, I need you, God. Maybe that comes out of total depravity. I'm looking at the comments here. But really, it, it, it's, the, it's the absolute acknowledgement. Look, God, I, apart from you, I, I can't. I, I need you, God. Blessed are the positive thinkers because they don't need anybody's comfort. Well, the fact is we do need people's comfort. We need the comfort of God. Blessed are the cocky and the assertive because they get what they want. They just press into it. Blessed are those who hunger for fame because they they get reality TV shows. <laughs> uh, blessed are the vengeful because they get respect or fear. I, I wouldn't call it respect. I'm going to call it fear. Uh, I, I think of uh, a former leader uh, who just got fear because if you got on the wrong side of him, he just lopped you off. And so that isn't respect. That is fear. Blessed are the vengeful because they... they People fear them. I would put it that way. Blessed are the impure because pleasure seekers uh, will see a good time. I'm going to sneeze. Uh, blessed are the impure uh, pleasure seekers uh, because they get to see a good time. Blessed are those who beat their opponents because the victors write history books. Blessed are the popular because everyone loves them. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I, I, I this person has stated kind of the inverse of what maybe we would see from God. I mean, we, we are called in many ways to be countercultural. Uh, we are called in many ways to, to live a life that is uh, opposite of, of what the world would tell us. Uh, Part of living to live as a disciple is to embrace our poorness. Uh, now, some would say the poor, uh, blessed are the poor, uh, and that relates to to money. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to relate to money because some of the translations and versions that we will read are blessed are the poor in spirit. Those, you know, if you feel... Uh, weighted down 
uh, if you feel the heaviness of heart, uh, perhaps in bringing that heaviness to heart, you, uh, you find the kingdom of heaven. Those who mourn will be comforted. I mean, so he doesn't say stop your crying. He says blessed are those who mourn, those, those who have loved deeply. I'm thinking of people recently who have lost loved ones who, who, uh, who mourn deeply. Uh, sometimes I can be kind of a callous type person. People die. People get sick. People die. You know, someone started to talk to me yesterday about how 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 life is hitting them hard with with people around them that are dying or getting sick and so on. And, and I'm just being honest with you. I wanted to say, well, that's just the nature of things. I mean, I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. I I held back. Uh, and, and partly because that's the nature of what what I deal with on it's it's the reality of life, and so why let it drag you down into the into the depths when when it, it's it is the reality of life, and yet and yet, kind of some corrective in my own being is you know when when you have been married to somebody for. 50, 60 years and, and done life together and uh, had a grand time doing it, why should that person not mourn for a very long time? Uh, when you've been the parent to somebody that has struggled with an illness their entire life and they, they get into their 30s and they die, why should, why should that parent not mourn for a very long time? I, I think in our mourning, we need to uh, we need to, uh, in our mourning, what we need to do is is to bring the mourning to God and, and allow God to be our comfort, because that's exactly what it says in the verse. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, comforted by God. So poor in spirit, uh, again, in, in, in the comments, poor in spirit, spiritually bankrupt, poverty, and it's the awareness of that. It's the awareness of, of the need. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those, uh, just I'm interacting with the comments here, blessed are those who know their need of Christ. Um, and that makes them so that they are not spiritually bankrupt any longer uh, because notice what the verse says. When they acknowledge, if you, if you want to take this interpretation, uh, spiritually bankrupt, uh, poverty of 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 spirit uh, to acknowledge that spiritual bankruptcy leads to the kingdom of heaven. God, I need you. I I can't I can't make heaven on my own. I only make heaven by walking with Christ. Then we inherit the kingdom of heaven. But it's those who go well. Uh, I deserve heaven. That maybe really don't deserve heaven. Uh, it is the crying out of heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, as opposed to that person looking at them and going, I'm glad I'm not like that poor idiot over there. I've got my act together. Well, Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing what Jesus went on to say, comparing the person who kind of pounded his chest and cried out to God and said, God, I need you, and the other person saying, I'm good. I got it all under wraps. I've got it all under control. I mean, that's that's some of 
what is in this. The poor spirit recognize that that bankruptcy. They realize that need of God. Those who mourn, they mourn for all kinds of reasons. Why do we mourn? We might mourn the loss of a loved one. We might mourn because of our sinfulness. Uh, we might mourn uh, because our, our hearts hurt for other people. But when we mourn and cry out to God, God brings comfort. Meek. People don't like the word meek. We think, well, meek, you're just, meek is weak. That's what people will say about meekness. But you know, you want to know a, a definition I heard of meekness a long time ago. I remember who said it. I can still see him saying it. But meekness is power under control. God has all the power, and you might even have power in your own life, but it's a power that's kept under control rather than flaunting your strength, rather than flaunting your knowledge, rather than flaunting education. Uh, you, you, you keep yourself reserved. You keep yourself quiet. You, you handle yourself as, as a meek person. Um, let's look at the New Living Translation calls it humble. I'm not sure that humble and meekness are, in fact, the same thing, but but I do uh, believe that they are related. Absolutely, that that the two do go together. That, that to be uh, to be meek is to be humble. But power under control. I mean, humble, uh, humble humility isn't weakness. Humility is strength. Uh, your best leaders are humble leaders. Sometimes you think, well, the, the best leaders are brash and bullish and whatnot. I, well, they might get some things done, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they're the best leader. According to everything that I've studied, Jesus Jesus gives some different definitions to, to that. And right here is one of those, blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, the New Living Translation used the word justice, but but do we hunger and thirst? For me, the, the beginning of hungering and thirsting for righteousness has to be the beginning of hungering and thirsting after God. What does that look like? What does it look like to hunger and thirst after God? To hunger and thirst after God is, is we desire his word. The hunger and thirst after God is is the acknowledgement that God, I need you. That is the hungering and thirsting uh, after God. It it is hungering for worship. It is hungering for prayer. It is desiring more of God in our lives. Yes, I know we're busy people. I I am a busy person, uh, but in the midst of our busyness, to say, God, I need you. God, I want you. Uh, and when we hunger and thirst after God and after his righteousness, uh, we will be blessed. In fact, in chapter 6, Jesus will say this. In fact, I'll put that verse up for us, Matthew chapter 6, uh, down at verse 33. He talks about poorness. He talks about not having things. He talks about not worrying about things. Uh Verse 31 says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Seeking after God, seeking his kingdom, seeking his righteousness, uh, so that all these things can, can be given to us. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And all God's people said, amen. I mean, our days do have uh, enough trouble uh, all on their own. But to ask ourselves, what are we hunger, hungry for? What are we thirsty for? Is it more of God, more of walking with God? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And, and sometimes this is a, a difficult one for us because we think, well, so-and-so deserves to get what they're going to get. And yet to, to figure out how to show mercy. Now, I don't think mercy has to be doormat. Uh, I was talking to, to someone uh, recently and, and you know, the situation, you don't just let people continue to abuse you. I mean, sometimes you do uh, mercifully actually put up some boundaries and say, look, cross this line and, and you're you're out of here. Cross this line and it's over. Cross this line. And you don't have to have a hateful, vengeful heart in that circumstance, in that situation. It isn't necessary to have a... a you may have to to move on from a relationship, and yet it should break our hearts. I'm so sad that 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 we have to move on from this, but this just isn't working. Uh, this business relationship isn't working, or my provision of your needs isn't working, or and sometimes, and I think all should be done to save a marriage, uh, but sometimes even there, uh, when there are certain abuses. Uh, it it comes the time when you mercifully say, look, this just isn't working. Yes, I said that publicly. And uh, uh, God does not want divorce. God hates divorce. But somehow we have got convoluted that into being, well, then live in an abusive situation. I, I, I reject that personally. Uh, people need to get help. And when, when they don't get the help that they need or can't get the help or someone refuses the help and continues to be an abuser, Sometimes it's time to get out, but but we can still apply mercy. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes it, it, we, we can begin to let our hearts become bitter. Sometimes we can begin to allow our hearts to become spiteful. Uh, sometimes we can allow our hearts to become scornful. And uh, what happens is now we become the prisoner. Sometimes we... Uh, when we allow that bitterness to sink down into our being and, and our joy is gone, we, we have now become the prisoner. The other person isn't suffering a lick. We're suffering. And so that's why it is so important, I believe, for us to continue to hold out mercy, as well as the fact that God has held out mercy to us. He has been merciful to us again and again and again and again. And so we are called to be merciful. The pure in heart, for they will see God. I mean, the, the, the desire to be pure in heart. So we, you put verse 7 and verse 8 together where it says in verse 7, blessed are the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart. Uh, if, if you're not merciful, you cannot be pure in heart. The two go together. Uh, and pure in heart, I mean, take that to the nth degree. The, the desire to be pure in heart. Uh, there, there are things that keep us from being pure in heart sometimes. Uh, sometimes what keeps us being pure in, from being pure in heart is 
uh, is bitterness. Sometimes what keeps us from being uh, pure in heart is lust, covetousness. Uh, sometimes what keeps us from being pure in heart is when we look at somebody else and wish that we had the, the good life that they have, which which is covetousness for the record. But when we become satisfied with being with God uh, in his circumstances, there, there's a person uh, in in the body of Christ that you look at their living circumstance and, and they're, you're like, you need to get a better circumstance. They're like, I'm very content where I am. And what about you? I mean, you might have... You might have a great car. You might have a really nice home. Uh, you might have um, a heat pump or air conditioning in your house, which yesterday everybody would have been thankful for, and uh, and yet not be pure in heart because it's not enough. You want more, and but to learn to be content in God, to learn to be content in Christ. In fact, I'll I'll take us over to another passage here. We'll land in the book of. Uh, Book of Philippians here this morning, but the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, there's a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Uh, a peacekeeper is a person that that tries to keep things from getting out of control. Uh, a, a peacekeeper is a person who will take on great harm just so that the other person isn't angry. That is a peacekeeper, and sometimes pe- being a peacekeeper can be a very unhealthy way to live. But peacemakers are those who who help uh, people work through the situation. Or if you are in the situation, you try to to make peace with the other person. Um, or maybe it's not even your situation, but you're called to to help make peace between people. Blessed are peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Um, getting two parties together. Now, sometimes when you try to get two parties together, people are resistant, people are defiant, uh, and uh, people uh, do not surrender themselves to God. They're not willing to be merciful. And in that instance, the peacemaker's done all they can do. I mean, it really comes down to the heart of the parties involved. Blessed are those who are per- persecuted because of righteousness. Now, not persecuted. Now, I, I want to, I got to say this. There are some Christians who think that they are being persecuted because of their political allegiances. That is not being persecuted because of righteousness. That is be, that is being persecuted because of a political allegiance, whether it's a, a Democratic allegiance, whether it is a, a Republican allegiance, whether it's a Biden allegiance, whether it is a Trump allegiance. Do not confuse uh, political allegiance and, and and what you might suffer because of that as the same as righteousness. How about being persecuted because you try to share the gospel with somebody? Uh, what about being persecuted because you 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 carry and open and read and study and try to live your Bible? I mean that that is persecuted because of righteousness. Um, it says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Was we try to live righteousness, try to help other people understand. Uh, the, the need of righteousness in our own life, um, helping other people realize the need of righteousness in their life and that apart from Christ, they're doomed to eternity in hell. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are, are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. You know, just to know it's going to happen. I, I, I have... I have been deeply wounded by by people in in the church uh, along the way, um, who say all kinds of evil, 
who who do not know all the facts, who do not know uh, all the circumstances, uh, and yet will say such and such. You're going to suffer that too, friends. I bless you and people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Uh, I, I have experienced that, and, and perhaps you have as well. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets, uh, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I mean, it's a good company. We we don't we don't like to maybe be a part of that company, but just to be reminded of the company that we're with. We're with the prophets, we're with Jesus, we're with um those who who stood for God, those who stood for righteousness, and and we get to be uh associated with those people. Sometimes I think I'd rather have peace. I I'd rather I'd rather not stir the pot. I'd rather not uh I, I don't know if you've picked up on this, those of you that are Sunday morning folks um at Veracity Chapel, but you know, we're dealing with some hard stuff right now. And there are things perhaps if I wanted to just be at peace and, and not stir stir us up and just cause us to be calm, I would stay away from certain topics, like the topic this last weekend that will go last week, uh, this past weekend, and we'll go one more week with it. Uh, challenging stuff, but we have to wrestle with the scriptures. We have to wrestle with the teaching of Jesus. We have to wrestle with how living as a follower of Christ, living as a disciple, oftentimes calls us to live quite differently than than uh, what the world might think for us and what the world might communicate to us. And, you know, you think of all the top podcasts out there, or all the top TikTok or all the top Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, all the top reels, you know, do they have substance? Now, now some of the the pop culture, the Tony Robbins, there there may be some truth to the things that they have to say, but it's devoid of God. And when it's devoid of God, it's devoid of truth. And uh, so I, I encourage you, if you're one of those uh, Tony Robbins people, uh, ask the question, where, where does Tony Robbins put God in the equation? Now, maybe he does. I, I, I'm not a... Uh, a Tony Robbins' disciple. But any of that stuff that, that totally removes God from the equation is, is missing a great component of truth. Now, I want to I land in Philippians chapter 4 on this idea of contentment. Um, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Let me take us over there. So you can see it, and here it is. Paul says this, I'm not saying this because I am in need. Now, I guess I should back up a verse. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I mean, to be able to make a statement like that, I have been content no matter the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I know the, uh, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. I mean, just think of what Paul's saying here. 
I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I, I've learned the secret of being content. I can do it all through Christ. I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. Well, friend, I hope that will be the case for you today, that you will be content in Christ, that you will live in Christ's strength, that you will live in Christ's power, that you will live in Christ's proximity, that you will just draw close to Christ today, and that we will be blessed people today. So there's a prayer request given here uh, over in the, uh, the comments coming from Xavier. I love this kingdom family and always blessed to listen to Pastor Jim. Please pray for my country as we head into a contentious election tomorrow that God may have his way. So we'll pray. We will pray for Xavier and, and uh, Fran, thank you for your, your kind remarks there. Much appreciated. Lord, we do come. Uh, we do want to. We, we thank you that we do come together around the world. We have friends from Kenya, uh, friends from the Philippines, friends from different places, uh, who participate with us, and uh, we are blessed to be part of such a global family. And Lord, this morning as we close out our time, we do pray for Kenya as they head into an election. Uh, we we watch these countries and other places of the world, and. Um, we know how volatile things are, so we pray for Kenya. We pray for our brothers there who are preaching the gospel, that you would continue to use them to draw people to Jesus. And Lord, for all of us today, help us to live in contentment in Christ. Help us to be blessed by not living as the world lives, but by living as the gospel calls us to live, to walk as Jesus did. Lord, be glorified in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. Have a great day, everyone. We will see you tomorrow.